The Lord directed me to the book of Exodus. There's, a, there's so much to preach out of this book. Uh, Exodus chapter 1, verse 1, verses 1 through 7. I will not, I don't intend on preaching a long time uh, this morning, but I, I want to just unpack this a little bit. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. These are the names, everybody say names, of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household. It was Reuben and Simeon and Levi and Judah, Issachar and Zebulun and Benjamin and Dan, Naphtali, Gad and Asher. I'm going to tell you, that's a lot of kids to keep up with. I can barely keep up with my, my, my three. I say three because Lindsay's like a daughter and Megan and Michaela. It's like these 12, it's like, what, what is the deal? Why is this even, you need to add, why is this even in the Bible? You ever read the genealogies and go, I don't care about nobody's names. But names matter. It says, all the descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. Everybody say 70. All of his relatives combined. Now, I know some of you Latino families, you have 70 at dinner today. But all of his people were 70 persons. And the Bible says that Joseph was already in Egypt. Just think about that a minute. Joseph was already there. Then Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation. That'd be, a, that'd be the end of it. But then there is this word, but, which is a conjunction. You English teachers, obviously, can be used as a conjunction or a preposition. But changing the direction of this sentence to add contrast to the previous statement, but the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation, but, but the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied and grew exceeding the land was filled with them. And I want to preach to you on this thought. It's going to be better than what it looks like. <clears throat> Say that with me in concert. It's going to be better than what it looks like. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. You may be seated. There's nothing in the Bible that is there by happen chance or mistake. Every line, every letter from the crossing of the T, they don't necessarily have T's in the original language. It's called a jot and a tittle. That's how they wrote in the original language, but everything is there by design and intent and purpose. Even as you move through the Menasha 
minutia of language and sentence and names, everything is there by design of God himself. Every scripture is inspired. It is irrefutable. It is the word of God and God has placed it there without inerrancy, without error. It is not like picking up any other book. It is the book of all books because he is the God of all gods and the king of all kings. And let the word of the Lord be true and every man a liar. And so there is nothing in the scripture that is not there by design. And in this scripture reference, we are learning about all of Jacob's sons. Now, he had a lot of sons. And what is amazing to me about this is that have you ever had children? And you look at them, both of them ate the same meals, came from the same mom and daddy. And you look at them and go, how in the world did that youngin come from us? <laughs> I always know when my girls have, have done something that has frustrated their mother because she will say, your daughter. Not ours. Yours. And Jacob had these 12 sons, and there's a sermon even in their life. Their name means different things. And when he, when he saw Reuben, he said, you were my firstborn. He said, you had the excellency of the power of strength in you. He said, but you had this problem with you. He said, you were unstable as water. He said, you had all of this power and all of this strength and all of this ability, but you was just unstable. You couldn't be consistent and you couldn't be faithful. He said, you had excellency, but you were unstable as water. And because you had instability in your life, you're not going to excel. And then when he got to Simeon and Levi, he just, he just called them out. He said, you got anger problems. He said, you need to get your anger dealt with. He was getting ready to pronounce blessing on their life. And as he talked about all of their strengths, he also talked about all of their weaknesses and said, hey, look, you got to deal with that anger in your life. I don't know who that's for, but that's for free. That's not what I'm preaching about. But if you got an anger problem here this morning, I want to tell you this altar is open and the blood of Jesus can help you with all of your situation. And he got down to Judah. You hear a whole lot of preaching about Judah. He said, Judah, your brothers praise you. And because you had praise in your life, he said, you're going to put your hand on the neck of the enemy. I want to tell you what we did a little while ago. It subdues the power of the enemy. If we ought to be anything, we ought to be a praise in church. We ought to be a worshiping church because it gives us power over all the power of the enemy. Somebody shout amen. He said, you have praise over your enemy because of praise. And then he got down to Issachar and, and Zebulun. Issachar, he said, you can shoulder a load. In other words, when there's a burden to bear, Issachar was the one that they called. 
gets to Zebulun and he says, you're a haven, you're a safe place. He gets to Benjamin and he says, you're a wolf that will devour the prey. He gets to Dan and he said, Dan, you're a good judge. You've got good wisdom and you know exactly how to mete out judgment. He gets to Naphtali and he says, you give good words. He gets to Gad and he said to Gad, he said, you're gonna lose some battles, but in the end, you're gonna win. He gets to Asher, and he says to Asher, he said, you just like good food. Is there any foodies in the house right now? But when he gets to Joseph, the tone in the narrative, it shifts. Because Joseph was different. He said, Joseph, there's going to be fruit that comes up out of your life. He said, there's gonna be fruit like a a tree that's filled, like a bow. He said, your branches are gonna run over a wall when, when something tries to contain you and stop you and something tries to get in your way. He said, you're gonna have so much fruit that it's gonna come up over the wall. It's gonna run over a wall and it's gonna bless. Do I have anybody in this house that says I want to have the spirit of Joseph that my branches come up and over a wall? There is nothing that can stop Joseph. Elbow somebody and say the spirit of Joseph. He said, Joseph, you've been shot at. You've been hated on. You say, Pastor, you making that up? No, it's in the Bible. Genesis 49 and 23, the Bible says that the archers bitterly attacked him. They shot at him. They harassed him. But the conjunction, what is coming, is more important than what is behind you. But his bow remained full of strength and his hands were strong because of the mighty God. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, when God gets ready to bless you, it don't matter who shoots at you. It don't matter who who spoke a curse over your life. It don't matter who said you're never gonna come out. You're never gonna be delivered. You're never gonna be set free. You're never gonna get that job. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not blessed enough. When God gets ready to bless you, he will bless you. Yes, he will. Somebody shout, yes, he will. (laughs) Anybody ever hated on you? Great. Because they can't curse what God has blessed. You open your mouth and try to curse me. But God is gonna bless me. You try to build a wall in front of me, 
but God will take me over the wall and make me a blessing. Somebody shout, yes, he will. Somebody shout, Joseph. The Bible said that I'll bless you in the heavens and I'm gonna bless you in the deep. And the scripture said this in Genesis 49 and 26, the blessings of your father are mighty beyond the blessing of my parents up to the bounties of the everlasting hills He said, in other words, I'm not just gonna bless your mama and your daddy. The blessing of God is gonna supersede your parents' blessing. (laughs) Your children and your children's children will have the blood. Y'all not saying nothing, but your children and your children's children the blessing of God will supersede your parents' blessing if you serve the Lord. Somebody praise Him. Somebody put your hands together. Somebody shout, I believe that. If you're sitting beside somebody drinking Haterade, delay is not denial. You may, just because you hadn't seen it yet, don't you think, don't you mistake, here, Pastor, don't you mistake God's silence for God's absence. Just because God has been silent in your life does not mean that God is absent from your life. Just because he didn't show up at Lazarus' tomb doesn't mean he's not on the way. Just because he's been quiet doesn't mean that God has not been at work Delay is not denial. (laughs) The Bible said in Deuteronomy 7 and 9, put that on the screen. Somebody shout no. No. Not N-O. Somebody shout no. No. Not N-O, no. Thank you. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God, I don't even have to preach, I ought to just read the Bible, is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love to those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand Somebody say a thousand generations. How long is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's been 125 generations 
from now until Adam. It's been 75 generations from Adam to Jesus, or give or take, about 40,000 years. Here's my point. You still got time left. God is saying my blessing is not just for here. My blessing is not just for the brush harbor. My blessing is not just for 80 years ago. My blessing is not just for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. My blessing is for 40,000 years. I will keep on being God. I will keep on showing mercy and love and commitment for a thousand generations. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Come on, give the Lord praise. Elbow your neighbor and say, wake up, it's a thousand generations. You still got time. It's interesting to me. Have you ever went back and looked and searched at your ancestry? You gotta be careful doing that. I, that's why I've never really understood, and I'm glad we pastor, I pastor on the West Coast. I've never understood racism, because we're all related. I'm glad that I don't have to deal with that out here like some states got it. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all one tribe. We're all one nationality. When we're in the church, there's only one blood and it's the blood of the Lord Jesus. We are all together. We're all the same. I had my son-in-law go back and trace my ancestry. Went all the way back to the 1700s, back before this was a country. They went so far back, they didn't even give them names. They just said, Indian woman. He's tracing this genealogy is important because the exodus is a microcosm of something even bigger. It's not just about exodus. Jesus is in exodus. There was captivity. There was redemption. There was blood on the doorpost. That's not just symbolism. Exodus, that was Jesus. In Exodus, when we didn't know our way out, Jesus made a way out for us. When Pharaoh was behind us, Jesus led us through baptism and made a way when there was no way. <laughs> and I love this. The writer of Exodus who picks up from Genesis 46 and he starts telling the narrative again. With careful thought and attention to detail, he's telling us a generational story. And if you, if you read past all those names, you miss a truth. He said, Joseph was already 
in Egypt. Somebody say, Joseph was already there. Before you even knew you were going to have a need, the answer was already there. Somebody shout, before? Before there was ever going to be a famine, Joseph was already in Egypt. Before the pantry was empty and the food was gone, Elisha had already pulled into town. Joseph was already in Egypt. Before you knew that the well was going to run dry, there was a storm cloud full of rain that was on the horizon because Joseph was already in Egypt. When Joseph's family were going on that caravan ride and going to go ask Pharaoh for food, it didn't matter because Joseph was already in Egypt. Before you can say, Lord, I have a need, the answer is already there, Josh. Why? Because the Bible said, and it shall come to pass, Isaiah 65, that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Somebody shout before. When you open up your mouth and say, J-E, he said, I heard that, and I know you was going to say S-U-S, and I want to tell you, I got you. I got you. Everything's going to be all right, because Joseph was already in Egypt. The provision that you need was already there before the problem came, because Joseph was already in Egypt. Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord praise. Somebody say it was already there. It was there already. The answer was already there before you had a question. The miracle was already there before you had a problem. That's not in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. That is not in the Bible by accident. And you're going to hear about a miracle testimony hopefully next, next Sunday. I, I'm thinking about it right now. I just, it's working on me right now. I'm, there's a miracle testimony in this building right now. There's a miracle word in this building right now. Joseph was in Egypt already. Somebody shout already. You were not sold. You were sent. You were not betrayed. You were blessed. You were not forsaken. You were favored. There was an unseen hand by an unseen God with an unseen purpose that was ordering your steps. God's purpose, ladies and gentlemen. God's purpose, God's plan, God's design 
Isaiah said, the least one shall become a plan and the smallest one shall become a mighty nation because I am the Lord and in its time, I will hasten it. At the right time, I, the Lord, I, the Lord, will make it happen. I want to tell you something. You ain't got to pretend. You ain't got to perform. You don't have to posture. You don't have to be political. When God gets ready to bring you up, God is going to bring you up. You know why? Because Joseph was in Egypt already. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we couldn't even believe how he turned it around. Somebody say, turn it around. Come on, say, shout, turn it around. Psalms 126, after they had wandered and lived in that Babylonian exile, all of a sudden somebody came and said, God is turning it around. They couldn't even believe the goodness of God. They couldn't even believe the mercy of the Lord. In just one word, God had turned it around. We thought it was a dream. We thought it was a nightmare. But all of a sudden, God turned it all. Oh, I wish I had somebody that would shout, God, turn it around. That's not even what I'm preaching about. That's not my sermon. That's appetizer. I ain't gave y'all no meat. That's not the sermon. That's filler. He said he turned it around. All of a sudden, they said we were like people that dream. Open up your Bible, ladies and gentlemen, read it. We were like them that dream in our mouth. Not groaning. We won't groan forever, Sister Havner. We won't weep forever. Because in that great getting up morning, we're all gonna be there soon and very soon. We are going to see the king. You ain't saying nothing. You ought to help me preach. You ought to help me preach. Our mouth was filled with laughter. Our tongue with singing. And this is what I love. It's one thing to look at each other and high five each other and say, isn't the Lord good high five? Isn't that cute? He said, oh no, I want my, I want my haters to look at me. Say it, uh, uh, the heathen, the unbelievers, the people that said you're going to be wiped out. You're never going to get up from this. You'll never be the same. Even the heathen will say their God is good. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. The Lord has done great things. Somebody shout great things. Anybody ever look at you and just wag their head? Look who's wagging their head now. But that's not the sermon. Tucked away in that truth. Tucked away in that timeless text. 
is a more powerful truth that typically we read past the narrative. We jump through all the names. We jump down to the highlights, to the Mount Rushmore's of faith. Maybe Abraham offering up Isaac. Maybe David and Goliath. And you miss a truth because we read past the preface. Let me get past all of these names because there's not anything in the names that is important. Oh, yes. There's a powerful truth hidden within the preface of those names. The Bible said then Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied and grew exceedingly. And here's the truth. And you can read right past it. When they started out, ladies and gentlemen, count them up. There's only 70 there. When they started out, it was just a handful. When they started out, it was small and it looked like it wasn't going to amount. Just the Bible, you read it. We read it in our text. There was just 70 there. But when God got finished with it, there were millions that came out. And you may be looking at loss today, and you may be looking at sorrow today. But when God gets finished with this, you're going to come out greater and more powerful and more fruitful than you went in the beginning. Why? Because it's going to be better. than what it looks like. Yes, Joseph had died in all of that generation, but God was behind the scenes. And Pharaoh got to a point, he said, the harder I make it on them, that's right, somebody said it, the more they multiply. I got to let him go. <laughs> oh, yes. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. You ought to stand to your feet and lift your hands and shout to God. Come on, raise your hands right now. Raise your hands, lift your hands. You're a good God. Come on, let our praise come up in this house. Let a praise come up in this house. Let a praise come up in this house. Somebody ought to walk down to this altar. Your hands ought to be praised. I don't look like what I've been through. I may be suffering and sorrowful, but I'm going to come out.
of this. I want you to come down with your hands raised. I want you to come down believing God. It's better than what it looks like. It's better than what it looks like. God is not bankrupt. Our God is not in a jam. Our God is not in trouble. No, 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 no. (laughs) When I bring you out, I'm bringing you out with more. I'm bringing you out with greater joy. I'm bringing you out with greater provision. I'm bringing you out with greater promise. It doesn't matter how hard that Pharaoh, what he puts you through, I'm gonna multiply you and make you strong. Come on, raise your hands right now. Come on, lift your voice right now. Come on. This is not the end. It's not over. It's going to be better than what it looks like. Come on, raise your hands, lift your voice. Blessing. Multiply. Increase. Strength. Come on, I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord. I feel strength and courage. Increase. Fruitfulness. Multiplication. I went in with 70, but I'm coming out in the millions. I went in small, but I'm coming out great. I went in insignificant, but I'm coming out powerful. I don't look like it, but God's not finished yet. It's gonna be better than what it looks like today. Come on, lift your voice, church. I feel like this is a word from the Lord. It's going to be better than what it looks like right now. It's going to be better than what it looks like right now. It's going to be better than what it looks like right now. It will be better. Might not look good now, but you're not finished. It's going to be better than what it looks like. Raise your hands. Speak that word. I know it doesn't look good. Joseph has died, but God is still at work. Seek the Lord.
I'm not done. God's not finished. I'm only 70. But I'm not going to stay this way. I might be weeping today. 